Hello everyone, welcome back to the Farmers Podcast. We're uh, here over in Ryan E uh, for this week's episode. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with where Ryan E is, somewhere near Riverton, if you're not sure where Riverton is, Google Maps. I'm not going <laughs> to describe it to you. It's near if, Ryan E. If you really want to know where it is, you'll find out. So yeah, we're very lucky to uh, have our guest Mark McInerney, um, who is a... Uh, well, he's a bit of everything, really, in farming games. Uh, Broadacre farmer, um, has a, uh, a cattle stud. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to having our chat with Mark this evening. Um, Parks, you're here with us this week as well. How are you going? Not bad, no. Yep, just starting to think about getting ready for hay season, as Mark reminded me. And, uh, yeah, another sunny day. Looking for rain again. Seems to be the only thing we ever say on this show. But <laughs> it's September, so it's dry September. And it has been a uh, yeah a long time between drinks, proper drinks anyhow. So, um, yeah, but thank goodness uh, cricket season's just around the corner. Uh, we can all forget about football season and, uh, and move um, on. Yeah, how did the Port Perry Power go on the weekend? I just thought we'd better touch on that because I know that was a very close match. And uh, no, great, to, uh, great to be here at Ryan E with, uh, with Mark. Mark, how are you, mate? I'm very well. Thanks for having me in old parks. No, thank you very much for joining us, mate. Um, yeah, I've known you for quite some time through the old export hay game. And, uh, yeah, it's really nice to catch up and, uh, and learn a little bit more about you. So how about you tell us? Um, yeah, where? Uh, well, we know where your business is based, but uh, what is your business? What do you do, mate? Um, well, I suppose uh, when you hear the term mixed uh, mixed enterprise, I guess that's uh, that's probably us down to a T. So, we're uh, our family farms based here at Riverton. Mixed cropping. Uh, we have a pole Hereford cattle stud. Uh, we sort of trade a few lambs over harvest as well and uh, have a 1500 tree olive grove which has been oh. on a bit of a <laughs> holiday of an oasis in recent years but we're in the process of ramping uh, ramping that back up so uh, as I say yeah we're based here at Riverton but then have uh, blocks at uh, Solder Springs on the Wakefield River there and uh, also over at Marable um, which has the river light running through it and uh, just recently we've purchased a grazing block over at uh, Eden Valley in the Barossa. So. And is that for your cattle? Or cattle predominantly, yeah. Yep. 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 So. And the, the olive grove, you, you haven't harvested anything no, like that? No, well, it's uh, sort of been put on the back burner in recent years but we were like, well we need to uh, get something happening here so that's been, uh, yeah, been on the forefront in the last few weeks trying to get that in order and get it cracking again. Yep. Yep, okay, you just need your kids to grow up a little bit more so you can uh, set them to work out. That's in right, the, getting them going with the chainsaws, getting them in the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary yeah. Owen. Gary Owen. How, what's the story behind the uh, name of the Gary Owen. So my grandfather, Vin, he was one of eight in his family and most of them came home on the, um, on the farm. So they eventually split up and were given their parcel each. And... It was a famous Irish racehorse, apparently, was uh, um, which oh. he was quite fond of, and that's how the name Gary Owen uh, came about. Nice okay. one, Gary. Nice, Gary. What's the annual rainfall, Riverton? So just through the bit of a valley here, we're just slightly higher than Riverton. We call ourselves uh, 530 mil, or a bit over 21 inches in the old term, but um, to be honest, in the last few years, you'd wonder if we're ever actually going to crack that again yeah. but uh, yeah that's uh, that's our annual rainfall so yep, yep. hopefully this year we can uh, 
give it a nudge with a few finishing reins. Yeah, yep. They're predicting it again tonight on the news, a 50-50 chance of La Nina. I thought, that's brilliant work. <laughs> weather, weather Bureau, you've narrowed it down to a 50-50. 50-50, yeah. Love your work. It's All the billions of dollars equipment they've got access to. But there you go. Brothers and sisters, Mark? Yes, uh, two older sisters. So they both came along, and whether it was originally going to be two only, I'm not too sure. But I know Dad was pretty keen to keep out <laughs> to try and get a boy. So he's lucky enough that I came along at number three. So yeah, the youngest of three. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. There's a Mrs. Mac. There is a Mrs. Mac. Well, where did you meet? Oh well, I suppose you. <laughs> almost called a romantic story we were uh, <laughs> high school sweethearts I suppose so we yep. met in school um, towards the end of high school and uh, yeah I suppose that's where it blossomed and uh, been married 10 years this year actually so yeah time flies so, yeah. you can relax mate I'm not going to ask you the date I've <laughs> <laughs> done well put me you on the spot you had a few kids yeah. kicking around here I saw too so. yeah three kids so uh, I've got Cooper who's nine uh, Stella who's seven and Charlie who's three so they keep us on our toes. Hobbies, sport, golf, um, football. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, hobbies growing up was always sport, like love sport, into all sorts of sport. Uh, probably, in all honesty, my hobbies uh, <laughs> these days, my kids probably. Yeah. <laughs> they keep me uh, keep us pretty busy with uh, running them around to sport. And uh, still, um, I suppose I'm still pretty heavily involved in the football club, not... Uh, not playing these days uh, if I can avoid it so um, yeah those uh, between the kids and, and football and things like that keeps us pretty uh, keeps us pretty busy so, you've yeah. got a, a grand final this weekend coming up I they believe did, yeah the boys snuck in which was good to see so, okay yeah. who, who are you playing against uh, BSR so Brinkworth Sporting mm, Red Hill so. yeah, they've had their tastes so. they have yeah they're probably the uh, the team to beat but you never know on the day hopefully they can uh, can give it a shake Nothing against our BSR listeners. We uh, we we, we uh, yeah like you all eat evenly. Uh, it's just nice if you could share it around for a little while. But if not, so be it. Um, where did you study? Uh, so all my primary and secondary schooling was at Riverton. So yeah, little old Riverton High School, which was pretty good. I actually had my mother. Kay teach me for a whole year in year five, so that was oh, uh, that, that was have. interesting. <laughs> she was uh, yeah, Mrs. McInerney and did a you know, did all the right things, I think. So um, yeah, I uh, completed my secondary uh, studies at Riverton District. So, yep, 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 and uh, finished school and knew I had to do something uh, before I came home, and I uh, went down to the old Roseworthy College. Would I uh, get my agricultural degree, which okay. was good. Yeah. Um, I'm not in all honesty sure how much I learnt down there, but <laughs> we did have a, a, a very good time. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, yes, I went to a few of those shows, and I never even went to Roseworthy. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> no, they were, um, yeah, they were certainly a good time, but I met some um, yeah, fantastic people over that three-year period, and um, that was probably the highlight of doing it, just the networking you have these days. Realistically, there's probably not too many places you can go, especially in SA, where you either don't meet a connection that uh, goes back to Roseworthy College. So I've kept in contact with a few of those um, close friends and yeah, we speak quite quite regularly, so that's good. Yeah, that is good. Mm. What's your earliest recollection on the farm? Oh, earliest recollection on the farm? Probably as a youngster shifting, walking cattle along the road, I reckon. Um, I sort of, uh, we always got given that the, the job as the kids, you know. You have to walk in five k's. Well, well, mum and dad do that. They might as well get the kids to it. But yeah. yep. I know they always used to make the comment they don't know how I didn't get my 
head kicked off I'd sort of <laughs> grab a stick and walk up behind them if they weren't moving in the direction I wanted and give them a big whack and okay. off they went so uh, yeah definitely recollections of, of that probably um, as time went on a bit uh, small squares of hay or the old <laughs> idiot bricks as people <laughs> probably know them better as these days so yep. I know there were some years where we were potentially doing you know 10 to 15,000 bales so you were uh, if there was a day where you got, got <laughs> Could help cut then you did. <laughs> there was so, no uh, accumulation machine back then. It was you no, were the accumulator. Uh, we did come up with uh, one of those bale wagons, I think, that stacked a few. But, yeah, there was always still plenty that got done by hand, that's for sure. Yeah, so, yep. yeah. Oh, that's probably contributed to being the fair lump of a man that you are today, mate. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> you you um, went to Roseworthy. You came home, did you just work at home or did you do a bit of off-farm work as well? Just to uh, No, pretty much after Roseworthy uh, came straight home, I guess that was always the, the plan. Uh, it was probably sort of time, I suppose, um, by the time I finished my three uh, three years down there, so I came straight home and um, and got, got to work. I um, Probably the only little bit of employment I've done away from home, I reckon between, would have been after I finished high school and went to Roseworthy, uh, couple of mates decided we were going to go up the Riverland fruit picking and <laughs> we went, got put in this orange grove and apparently there's a first picking and a second picking. Well, the first picking had been done, so we were on the second picking and the oranges were few and far yeah, between. So yeah. I reckon by about halfway through the first day, we'd worked out, we'd earned about $15 and thought, <laughs> this isn't right. And next minute there's a, yeah orange flying past your head and we had a bit of a wall with the oranges and the... Uh, the person uh, running the backpacker group that we were with perhaps reminded us, um, yeah, maybe not to come tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> that was about that. So. Take your $15 to the pub and don't come back don't tomorrow. Don't come back, so, yeah. yeah. You ever given any thought to what you might do if you weren't a farmer? Yeah, I don't know. I guess farming was always the number one choice, but uh, teaching's probably been pretty heavily involved in my family. As I mentioned earlier, mum's a teacher and growing up we had a lot of family friends that were teachers, ended up marrying a teacher, so something there. So I reckon... <laughs> you'd uh, think you would have learned a few lessons yeah, by now. I think so, but yeah, I don't think it quite works that way. But um, I don't know, I reckon an ag teacher slash PE teacher probably would have been uh, would have been all right. Yeah. Could have handled that, I think. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. that would have been a good one. Yeah. What was your first vehicle you were getting around in when you're heading off to Roseworthy College? Oh, Roseworthy College. Well, I reckon there was a fleeting moment where... I had a maroon Toyota Corolla, which got passed down from my eldest sister to the second to me. Chick magnet. Yeah, well, that was the problem. <laughs> so I reckon, I know there was memories of us burning around and probably doing things we shouldn't have been that, but at the same time, I thought, well, this probably isn't quite the vehicle that's going to get me the attention from the, from the other side that I wanted. So uh, through my high school time, I was... Um, I'd saved up a bit of money rearing dairy calves from the dairy next door okay. and uh, collected a bit of a bank. So yep. uh, my first car after that was a VS Commodore with the spoiler and the mags. Mm. And you know, yeah, I thought I was the coolest kid in town at the time. And yep. I reckon by the end of the year, everyone had one. So yeah, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably didn't, didn't stand much. out from the crowd anymore. No, that's it. But yeah, you've diversified your farm. Um, Tell us about what you've done and, and what was the driver behind it. Uh, I guess it's happened a while ago. It's not something yeah, new yeah, that you've I done. Guess, but, uh, uh, when well. I came home, we were probably already reasonably diverse. Um, my grandfather, Vin, who I mentioned earlier, he started this uh, Pole Hereford stud back in uh, 1955. So, yeah, 66 years now. So um, yep. that's been... Uh, 
sort of something in the blood and a bit of a passion um, as times have gone on. So probably a little bit unique for our area. Um, it's probably not a real lot of cattle full stop around the Riverton area, but mm. especially uh, cattle studs. So um, a lot of our clientele sort of are in the northern SA pastoral country and into Northern Territory and eastern part of New South Wales, so we send, sell quite a lot of bulls up to uh, station clients up there. Yep. So that keeps us pretty busy. And then, obviously, broadacre cropping um, is probably the main part of our business on our farm at home. Um, yeah, mixed cropping of majority of legumes and bread wheats and durums and things like that. A uh, little bit of loosened hay and um, loosened seed production as well. We've got some flats over at Marable where we do that. Probably, I suppose, once I came into the farm the biggest change was um, we realised we had to implement hay into the program a bit more as everyone knows ryegrass is a bit of an issue so what started off with just buying a baler turned into oh, doing a few jobs for next door neighbour and doing a few more and doing a few more and before I knew it we uh, thought well if we're baling we might as well cut it and I thought if we're cutting it we might as well squeeze it and yeah we just kept adding to the um, adding to the machines for the hay industry and yeah before we knew it we had cutters and balers and I guess I sort of fell into it it wasn't really a plan but um, it's become a pretty big part of our business now sort of hay contracting and uh, straw contracting we sort of go a fair far afield doing you, that you do so travel a bit with the straw side of things we, we do we try if we can get it all locally we do but uh, a couple of years ago uh, would have been three years ago the first year we were struggling to sort of get our quotas that we wanted locally so we headed south and kept going south and eventually <laughs> crossed the border into Mexico oh. and Victoria. <laughs> and that was a novelty. I thought, oh, that's all right. We'll do that once and, yeah, probably never again. And long and behold, 12 months later, we're back there again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we go as far as we need to to get it. But uh, if, we can, if we can get everything we need close by, we'll, yeah, yep. so be it. That's so. for chicken sheds? Uh, mushroom farms predominantly, mushroom yeah, okay. farms and vineyards. Yep. Uh, Yep. That's a fair effort. Like going to Victoria, I get a bit lonely when I come over the range from Owens to do a bit of <laughs> I say the novelty, uh, the novelty did wear off pretty quick, but uh, yeah, everything yep. to do. So. Oh, yeah. Is there anything to meet new people and uh, yeah, have a look around? That's right, no, yeah. for sure. Mm. Most exciting thing you've seen happen in farming since you've left, since you've come home on the place. Yeah, that's a good question. It's um, there's so much going on in the farming sector all the time. Just trying to nail it down to one thing. I guess um, exciting for for us that you see the developments, you know, the plant breeders and things, and the steps they're taking all the time. You know, I think it's pretty positive going forward. There's probably things that a lot of people have, uh, around the place have got seed destructors on headers and protein meters on headers and things like that. That's stuff that I really look forward to trying to incorporate on our on our farm, though. some of those newer technologies that are around today. I think, um, yeah, it's definitely exciting times ahead for us. It's just a matter of, unfortunately, you can't implement all those things at once. Mm. Um, so just a step-by-step um, yeah, that's don't, don't worry about the seed destructor. They do, they do not work. They <laughs> do not work. They're, uh, yeah, they, they no, look, I've spoken to plenty of people who've used them, and uh, the amount of seeds that go straight under the bar don't end up in the box. Waste of money. Keep using chemicals. I'll come and clean up your drums. <laughs> <Get> the drums. <laughs> sounds a little bit biased. <laughs> and uh, this week's episode was brought to you <laughs> by Agri Cycling. Good on you, Noel. What's the funniest thing you've seen happen on your farm or a neighbour's farm? Uh, that's uh, stuck in your memory oh, over the journey. I'd be lying if I said there probably wasn't a few, but um, maybe the funniest 
I think there is a bit of video footage of it kicking around somewhere. And I reckon was it 2010 was a really wet harvest, especially at Riverton. There was a period of six days where I think there was eight and a half inches or something. And uh-huh. yeah, a lot of it actually made a bit of a mess there. One night there was a heap of rain and we were um, sort of sandbagging houses in the end of town. Quite a few got flooded. Yeah, or vaguely recall. Yep. Waking someone up. Um, unfortunately, they stepped out of their bed to waste time. Would have pretty much, uh, that would have been a bit of a shock for them. But the, the next day, I remember we decided, oh, we better go over to Maribel and, and have a look at the River Light, see what that's doing. And uh, we thought we'd park the windrower and the fuel cart in a position that was a fair way from the river. Oh, no. Being the flood of all floods, uh, the water was just lapping in the back of the windrower, so that wasn't too bad. We jumped in that, but we were pretty, pretty quick to go. Where's the fuel car? <laughs> <laughs> Quick drive down the road and we could just see it sort of very slowly bobbing along the road <laughs> getting caught on a bush or a log or something. So I hadn't, wasn't going too far, but it was on the move. So um, Yeah, as I said, I think there's a video of me getting down my jocks and had a strap around me and a strap in the hand and swimming out to it, <laughs> hooking on and <laughs> pulling it back. So uh, yeah, that was a... Lesson learnt, just uh, I suppose it's a bit like the old don't camp in the creek beds, yeah, make sure you park a year yeah. <laughs> far enough yeah. away. <laughs> uh, classic. The piece of equipment that you've done the most damage to or seen done? Um, yeah, well, probably another story to couple with that one. I've copped a fair <laughs> bit of flack for this at the time. I've probably enough times gone by that I've you know, lived it down, but I guess I'll uh, relive it now. Yeah. Um, wasn't long after I came home, that probably made it even worse. I think we were uh, sowing into some bean stubble and people who grow beans often know of a bit of wind and some sheep, the stubble can ball up and sort of get into balls and make it pretty hard to get through. And we were having a hell of a time get, getting tra- this bean stubble to pass through the air seeder. So we ended up going back and hooking onto the old fire harrows, which I couldn't even tell you the last time they'd been no. used and fly around with them just trying to burn a little bit of this stuff to get it out and uh, I was on the air seater poking along and every now and then you'd have this little bit of stubble there still burning as you went through and wasn't in the world just passed through and I went over one bit which was obviously a little bit too big and I remember looking behind me going oh you that little bit of flames just still going there in the bar and oh, next minute it was pretty much an explosion in the middle of the air seater and what had actually happened was the flame had burnt through the hydraulic line oh, feeding oh. The- Feeding the air seater fan, which blew straight onto the tyre of the air seater bar, which went up in smoke. And let's just say it was an interesting phone call to the insurance company yeah. next day in the middle of seating saying, I've just half burned my air seater to the ground. So, it. Yeah, so it made a bit of a mess, but a couple of days uh, rejigging some hoses and then a bit of paintwork, and yep. we were back at it. Back so, at it again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of oil comes out of those hoses. Yeah, no, nah, there yeah, was a uh, bit of pressure in there, isn't there? So, uh, yeah, certainly copped, uh, copped my fair share over that one. But uh, that and uh, I don't know, I'm getting pretty good at replacing windscreens on telehandlers these days, to be honest. <laughs> someone pretty common to see a bale roll over the top and land on one of them. Every yeah, it's now and just then. an so occupational hazard when you're dealing with bales these yeah, days. Yeah. What are you, medium squares these medium days? Medium squares, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, they're, they're that much heavier these they days are, as yeah, well, they aren't do they? do a bit of damage those high densities now. You've got yeah, to be careful. Yeah, so, yep. yeah. What about a piece of equipment that uh, you, you bought new, second-hand, uh, borrowed, 
that was just an absolute lemon from day one. Have you ever had an experience, a bad experience? Well, we've probably had a pretty good run, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sure every there's bits of machinery every now and then where you just wish you could put a bomb under it, and yep. like I did with my air seat of that day. But, um, <laughs> as you would know, Noel, the hay industry, you've probably been driving, but you know all about it. Balers and nosses on balers, I suppose. Yeah. Like there is just times where you wish, yeah, you could... Uh, drive it down the creek and never look back at it, I yeah. suppose. There's plenty of times you're out there in the middle of the night tweaking uh, tweaking nodders and getting covered in dust and crap, and yep. it's probably the only machine where a one-eighth turn on a nut or a swift hit with a sledgehammer can actually um, yeah, fix the problem, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever have one of those early Crohn's? Remember when the, the Crohn's, and they just had all sorts of gearbox problems? Yes, yeah, yep. So... We've got a crane at the moment. Oh, yeah, but it's a wonderful machine. <laughs> we, uh, we've dodged the gearbox issues so far. They keep telling us that um, the newer models are okay, but, yeah, we'll okay. wait and see. So, mm, yeah. Yep, yep. But uh, definitely some horror stories out there, that's for sure. Yes, it was. You're not even 40 yet, so what's been the <laughs> highlight of your ag career? Highlight of my ag career? Um, been goals. Perhaps goals. What are you actually looking to achieve in the future? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Goals, I suppose. Um, I don't know you always try to try to expand and try to take steps forward. I suppose that uh, I mentioned earlier, we bought a grazing block in the Brosser. So that was sort of a way we thought we could expand our cattle enterprise. Um, it's probably been a bit frustrating locally. The steps to expand, you know, land has got so dear. It does. It is hard to to make those big purchases. So um, yeah, I suppose just if you can keep your production ticking over and keep uh, keep trying to be productive going forward, and hopefully the next generation, if they choose to, can yeah, can take over and come back. But I don't know achievements. Oh, I did. Um, I don't actually know how I won this award still to this day, but um, I got nominated for a Durham Grower of the Year award about six years ago, and didn't think much of it at the time, and. I sort of got pretty heavily persuaded by the PRKL from San Remo who were giving the award to come down on the day. So group, I went along on the day with the other nominees and long and behold, never knew this at the time, was awarded the winner and they announced that I won a two-week trip all expenses paid to Italy, so... Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, very nice. That was a bit of a shock to the system. So, yeah, as yeah. I say, I was uh, very grateful, but, um, yeah, I'm sure I probably wasn't doing a real lot different than a lot of other Durham growers out there, but we'll doesn't, take it all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. doesn't matter. doesn't matter if you don't believe you're a worthwhile um, <laughs> recipient. you got a trip, all expenses paid yeah, to... Yeah, so that was, uh, that was a bonus, I suppose. So yeah. probably, yeah. probably wanders into the next um, question we had about your favourite holiday destination here or abroad, and... What do you think of Italy? Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, I've probably been lucky to go to Europe a couple of times, so don't mind going overseas. Obviously, uh, that's not too much of an option at the moment, but um, Bali's been a bit of a go-to for us over the years. We historically have gone there once a year, but as I say, watching on the news, I'm not sure we'll be going back there. (laughs) Not anytime soon, but I guess in recent times, um, especially with the young kids, we've... uh, got a um, sort of off-grid triple bunk caravan so we love getting in the caravan and yeah heading around and having a bit of a look around Australia or well SA mainly at this stage so yep. got up to uh, probably a bit controversial I know some people don't like it but we snuck up to the Northern Territory right before they uh, shut the uh, rock climb I was pretty determined oh, okay. to get to the top of Ayers Rock so yep. uh, we went up there a couple of years ago and did a sort of big loop up uh, up to Ayers Rock and back around through the top end of SA I've yeah. done it twice Good on you. Yeah, because yeah, I was much younger then. I'm happy for it you. It wasn't. It wasn't a thing then, but yeah, it's it's disappointing that you can't climb it. Can't anymore. climb it now, no, it is, But yeah, 
Oh, and look, that's it's up to them. But as I was just something I was pretty keen to do. Well, look. No, uh, fair enough could, too. Yeah. And uh, should still be able to do it, in my opinion, as well. Um, you know, we're all in this together. Um, yeah, we're all one race, so um, yeah, we shouldn't have this for that and um, others for others. But anyhow, I'm sure that's controversial <laughs> for some. Uh, no, we might wrap it up there. I reckon that. Um, thanks very much, Mark. No, that's been good. Um, just tell us the name of your stud again, and uh, and do you have any uh, any sales coming up or anything like that that uh, you want to promote? Yeah, so Gary Owen, uh, Paul Hereford stud. So um, oh, you can probably get on Google or get on the Facebook page on the socials. You'll find us. But uh, yeah. <coughs> always have bulls and females for sale. So yeah, yeah, and get on them. Get on there and have a look. Um, yeah, had a look before I came over this evening, and yeah, um, beautiful looking cattle. Um, I pictured them as steaks, which I'm sure Mark doesn't uh, fully intend them to. Uh, expensive steaks at the moment. Yeah, that's they would sure. be very yeah, expensive yeah. steaks, but beautiful looking beasts. And uh, yeah, once again, thanks for your time this afternoon. Mate. No worries. Thanks, Noel. Thanks, Mark. Thanks again to Heatley Barbecues and Elders Rural Services, our, our two major sponsors. And um, thanks, Noel. Thanks, Mark.